It's episode 102 of Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi, and I'm sitting across from a U- assistant U.S. attorney and also a mental health and fashion blogger of the blog Heels and Valleys. I'm talking about Lander Beck Biamonte. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for inviting me on. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, and then you posted in your stories. You're like, I don't know why she asked me. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> like, your blog is important like I, I think know. that information is so like I was I just like I was telling Zach I feel like I don't have the like there's so many incredible women that you bring on this podcast and I just feel like um I still have so much to learn and don't have quite the expertise and stuff that oh my they goodness do. I, I really almost was like hey can you like ask me again in like three years maybe <laughs> like no that's when we're gonna do I'll a follow-up like episode your 300th episode yeah and then like <laughs> No, you have every right to be here. I, I've been following you for a long time. I really enjoy your posts and your transparency. And I just think it's also really awesome that you're an attorney and then also do this the blogger thing. I, I just think it's awesome. So first things first. Yes. Cheers. To Lander. <laughs> so real quick. I want to touch on... I just love that you just took that like nothing. Just like <laughs> chug it and then just so real quick. I'm sorry. And I'm over here like, <clears throat> wait, I thought we got limes with these. I, like, <laughs> I'm the worst and don't don't no. bring limes, don't do salt. Uh, and I also exclusively drink tequila. So it's like my... Oh, you should have told me I wouldn't have made you a vodka oh, drink. Oh, girl, I'm still okay. going to sip on that. Okay. Uh, I have tequila too, yeah. Well, hey, we have a whole bottle. So if okay. you need any more. But uh, I wanted to touch on what's going on in the world right now and we know that everybody is just completely upset and rightfully so about what happened to George Floyd and you know today was a day that people decided to mute their social medias um, in order to amplify black voices which I, I think is an excellent intention and you had mentioned that you as an influencer felt that it was you know an interesting thing to navigate could you could you tell me more about that sure um, yeah I just think it's um, so I've been doing the blogger influencing thing for almost three years, and so I've made quite a few different blogger friends across the country, and I'm in different groups and stuff like that, and so there's been lots of discussions about the best way of going about this and, and kind of doing it justice, and you don't want to look like you're being opportunistic. For sure. And, you don't want to look like you're being insensitive and how, you know, and really trying to get feedback on the best way um, to truly be an ally. Mm-hmm. And But it is hard because at the same time, you kind of are a little bit of a public figure. And so you have to deal with the of like, you're not going to make everyone happy. Absolutely. And so, you know, if you don't post anything about it, you get criticized. If you do post, you know, you get criticized. And mm-hmm. so at the end of the day, um, at least the other bloggers that I kind of talked to, we kind of just decided like, well, we just still want to be able to look ourselves in the mirror at the end of the day. Exactly. So that's what we're going to do. You give me chills saying that. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and really, honestly, like, whatever, that sale, that Amazon sale is going to be there the next day. Yeah. Okay, like, you really don't, I mean, for one or two days, like, calm down. Even especially this, like, I'm doing the whole muted week Mm -hmm. um, because I just... I feel like even though I'm, I'm fairly, um, you know, I, I think I'm fairly educated. Mm -hmm. I still know I have so much to learn, and um, I'm learning a lot more by you know just listening. And so, uh, but even just for the people who are just doing the one day, it's like, you know, one day. And I was listening to a guy's, um, another guy's. Instagram TV and Mm -hmm. he was talking about how that the rioting and some of you know explaining the rioting aspect of it and you know and which I've seen a lot the response of a lot of people saying why you know I get the protesting but why the rioting and Mm -hmm. he was saying you have to understand that some of this is like trauma for sure and this is a grief and this is like if you think about the stages of grief and this is anger and a lot of times emotions don't always make sense Mm -hmm. and we act out an emotion and they don't always make sense Mm -hmm. and that's what's happening and I started thinking about it that way and I was like you know even if like especially today and you and I kind of talked about whether or not it's performative or not but I like the black and I think even just for today everyone posting that and doing the mute because it is kind of almost like everyone's in mourning and mm-hmm. I think even if you you know don't know what to say or you you can at least 
show respect and, and show that you're there mm-hmm. and, and you care and, you know, you want to learn and you want to be open and, you know, you want to be a good ally. And so I think um, that's been really, it's been, today was, yesterday was kind of a harder day. Today it was, it was, it was more uplifting, I think, to see. Right. No, and I appreciate your sharing that because, yeah, I, w- I was conflicted about it myself. You know, and it's just on the one hand, at the end of the day, I think everybody is really like, whoa. And like you said, can I look at myself in the mirror tomorrow based on the actions of today? And that to me is, is critical, regardless of if, if uh, maybe how it was executed was a little bit, you know, I don't know, off. But ultimately, the intention was there, and I think that's important because people really seem to be taking notice. And I remember thinking when I was learning about the civil rights movement in elementary school, would I have been there if I was, you know, alive then? Mm-hmm. And I'd like to think that I would. And I think the fact that a lot of us are showing up in so many ways right now is is promising. Yeah. I, I love that. So yeah, and I think it's a really neat perspective from somebody who is so. Uh, prevalent on the internet like yourself yeah it's interesting I mean and I I understand um, and I also think just witnessing some of the conversations that are going on I just think wow we would be so much better off if we just gave each other a little bit of grace Mm -hmm. like geez I mean you know like we're just human we're not gonna get it right all the time Mm -mm. like let's just accept that and so you know and and so I think, you know, I've seen, at least in the influencer community, there was a big debate about, there was some concern about the performative, you know, and whether it was genuine or not. Yes. And then, but then also, like, I know one influencer I follow um, and who I've, I'm friendly with, she made a conscious effort not to. And she was saying, you know, this is my place of... Um, lightness and fun Mm -hmm. and I get the news everywhere else um so I don't want to bring everyone down here and Mm -hmm. a lot of people responded positively that Mm -hmm. I personally don't I think for one or two days or a week you could probably make an exception Mm -hmm. but I understand what you're saying and we saw and I guess it's also just interesting because we had this kind of went the influencer community went through this whole thing with the COVID also Mm -hmm. because it was like okay what are you supposed to do yeah (laughs) like how are you you know and and they're on the one hand it is a business and you're trying to grow your following and you want it you know and you've put work and effort and time into all this and so but then on the other hand you want to be sensitive and Mm -hmm. you know and so it's kind of balancing that and um it's been interesting terrain to try to navigate so yeah the entire year I mean it's just one thing after another I mean we're definitely being put through the what do you call it what do you, what's the, co- the colloquial? The put through the ringer? The put through the ringer. Yeah. We're definitely being put through the ringer Yeah, right I mean, now. like you said, when you said, like, oh, we can reschedule if you want. It's a weird day. And I was like, 2020 is a weird year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love that you said, you know what, now today might be the day to talk about it. Because yeah. it's a little bit raw. You know, we've all been sitting with it. I mean, I've seen more people in, like, a very thoughtful state than I have in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, people talking about some really serious things. I didn't even consider how, (laughs) yeah, anybody listening to this 10 years in the future, we dealt with coronavirus the past few months and now racial injustice. I mean, that's been a constant, but it just really flared up. Well, that's what's crazy, too, is, I mean, even Zach said this morning, he was like, isn't it kind of crazy that there's no news about COVID right now? Nothing. Like, I did have a friend who posted and she just had two people close to her who tested positive and oh, it's wow. like and it's like oh yeah that's right we also have a pandemic going mm-hmm. on like what oh and it's an election year mm-hmm. what oh my god mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy it really is and so i didn't even consider so i'm going to backtrack slightly but so what how do you feel like so far in 2020 your lifestyle posts or blogging posts have changed i mean we're already in june and i know that you've had to deal with some things you've never dealt with um yeah uh i you know it's it's funny i think i've i've continued posting workwear content which even though people are not working and i've kind of i've had to sort of get creative with that and make jokes about that Mm -hmm. um just because 
obviously we're not going anywhere. Um, and <laughs> you're I'm, still working from yeah, home, Yeah, right? I'm still working from home. And so I'm normally just wearing. Okay, well, yeah, you're at really, home. Wear is much cuter than my like oh, plant well, no, uniform. I mean, <laughs> no, yeah. Well, I mean, this is very much just like literally a jumpsuit that is pajamas that I can get away with. And so, yeah, um, <laughs> might as well be pajamas. And so, but, you know, I, I guess in a weird way, it's kind of like by keeping some sort of normality, I think it's like, at least acknowledging that someday I will be going back to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> someday I will go back to the office. Yes. Um, kind of thing. And so doing some of that. But yeah, I mean, uh, I think I've, I was fortunate in that I haven't, a lot of my content hasn't been, I don't do a lot of shoots like on site around mm -hmm. town as much just because I work full time. So I don't have time. And I built backdrops in my backyard. And as you see, I have. I, I built did a backdrop. see that. Yeah. I, I built, love it. I built a backdrop. I mean, that's a throw together backdrop in my living room. And so part of that was because last summer, um, Zach was away at officer camp and he is my photographer. It's either him or my tripod most time. And so when it was just me and the tripod. He does a great job. It's very, it's very awkward to go out and take pictures in public. I'll just tell you, you never really get used to it. Um, it gets slightly less awkward, but it's never really. <laughs> oh, less girl, awkward. I applaud y'all for being able to do that I because mean, I can't. Yeah, so it's like, and so, and I have like social anxiety too, so it's like very much like it, it's a weird. So if I can make mounts, we have a big backyard, and I'm crafty and handy, and so when he was gone, and it was a great way for me to stay busy and not, you know, keep my mind off missing him and mm -hmm. do things on the weekends, and so I built some backdrops and so i have four different backdrops i think in the backyard and then that one and um that's so, amazing so really like it's it worked i mean it, i we i kind of joked with my mom i was like actually like i was ready for covid before anyone you know i was ready for <laughs> quarantine before anyone knew that's All amazing these other bloggers were like oh i'm running out of places to take photos and i'm like yeah well, <laughs> i have my changing backdrops over here like that's hilarious um you know so it just so in that way, at least I've, I've been fortunate that I haven't had to change content too, too much that way. But um, I think trying to be also just more, I guess, more aware of like how much unemployment and, mm -hmm. and it already is. It is a and that's, you know, and and it's part I struggle with the blogging influencer thing at all is the, you know, the commercialization and some of that and like the constant shopping and then all of that because that's not really what it, I started it for that's not what I want it to be about and so it did give me a good opportunity I think to kind of it gave me an excuse mm -hmm. to move into more of like home content and gardening and I really enjoyed that I really I, everybody who did the gardening and yeah. I really enjoyed yours and I actually recognized this is gonna sound weird but because I follow you oh, yeah. you're what you did in the front yeah yeah, oh, yeah, so, yeah. The house, yeah. I know what the front of your house yeah, looks like yeah. but you shared it yeah. but it looks super good yeah. and I love that you did that so thank you for that yeah no I mean it was funny I mean I would talk about my garden and I, for the longest time when I would get on stories and say like this is the unsolicited garden update that no one asked for but I'm giving you anyways <laughs> and because it was it's been weird I used to kill plants like nobody's business a lot of people have a hard time with plants. yeah and then I got to where like I got to where I could keep succulents alive and I'm a huge succulent person mm -hmm. and then like I found out about plant nannies and that helped like What's a plant? Oh name? yeah, I mean, I literally I wrote a blog post about like how to keep plants alive when you suck at plants. <laughs> Actually, that sounds like a very <laughs> because useful I was post. like, oh, there is like things you can do, um, and so plant nannies are you can order them online and they're these like terracotta, they're like these little like tube kind of um, I'm I'm blanking on the the shape it is, but. Uh, cones think, yeah, they're okay. like cones and what's great is you recycle wine bottles and you use old wine bottles and you fill them with water and stick them in there oh yeah and they like and it slowly lets out water yeah and so like if you forget to water or something that helps <laughs> yeah that's so hilarious. like i love plant annies and i have several i've tried out several different kinds and so like that made a huge difference but then the funny thing is i think with the whole quarantine at home and working from home 
like we were just joking when I go back to the office I was like oh man I'm not gonna get to go check on my plants mm-hmm. at like 10 a.m mm-hmm. <laughs> like but I got to do more of that and I really think one of my like highlights of my whole blogging career so far was when somebody messaged direct messaged me and said how's your garden doing oh and I wow. was like it's no longer an unsolicited update <laughs> one person and it wasn't my mom my mom asked she didn't count though it was one other person (laughs) i love that so much and it must be the most interesting thing because you're putting yourself out there right in a big big way especially you which i admire tremendously you are completely transparent and on it i appreciate realness and authenticity like above a lot of things so thank you for that but then to have people be so invested in these things like what is that like it's incredible and i mean it really is and i talk about it a lot like I, I, as someone who has social anxiety, it's, it is hard for me to actually go out and go to, go to events and stuff. But weirdly, I guess it's the protection of, you know, being behind a screen. And I know it's the same, it's probably psychologically the same thing that allows like trolls to, you know, be assholes on the internet and not worry about being attacked. And so like, it's kind of the same thing, but like, I really feel like I connect with people through it. And so it's been great for my social interactions. And, and so I love like when I have, especially with gardening, because I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and like, so a lot of times, like I'll be like, I'll just post something and I'll ask and people will message me with like, oh yeah, that's what this is, or this is mm-hmm. what you need to do. And they're so helpful and like, it's amazing. And so I love that aspect of um, social media. And I think actually, if I can go on a tangent or a little yes, off please. story. You yeah. know, I love them. I know. So, um, like when I was in law school, I took an information privacy class. And where'd and, you go to law school? Uh, Notre Dame. That's cool. Yeah, I I was really um, really lucky to go there, and I loved being up there. I loved seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I didn't mind the snow. The gray sucked. Everyone always loves to ask me like, "How'd you deal with the snow?" The snow was okay. It was the gray. So when you the say time. the gray, oh, do you mean like the dreariness? The dreary and like I and, that, and during the winter sometimes you just don't ever see the sun. Mm-hmm. It just so you don't really know what time it is you just don't like oh no i yeah, can't i can't that, that. that was the hardest sleep. part yeah that was the hardest part i knew like a lot of my like classmates that were from california had got the sun lamps and stuff because mm. you lose vitamin d and i took vitamin d mm-hmm. i mean you know so it's like it's a whole thing but um i really enjoyed my time up there and so when I was there, one of my favorite classes I took was an information privacy class. And so we learned kind of about a lot of the like horrors of what can happen on the internet, some of the good, whatever, and all of that. And so I took that my last year and then um, graduated, was studying for the bar, went to go take the bar in Austin and the Texas bar is three days. And on the last day, um, my, I, my mom went up there with me and she was staying in the hotel with me and would you know drop me off at the like convention center and everything and um on the last day she my dad was supposed to come up so that he could celebrate with us and um and he was going to bring my dog and he we had at the time we had um two other family dogs and so he was going to take them to their house in rockport he works in goliad we used to live in goliad and um he had a blowout and his truck rolled five times or four times. Um, he had to be halo flighted to um, oh Army God. Medical. I mean, he, he he died like on the scene. He was, I mean, he's okay. He lived. But, oh my God. Yeah, no, he lived. It's an incredible story. But, but in the process, one of the dogs, the old one died, was killed on impact. The other two, his dog and then my dog were missing. And, um, and so my mom made the choice of not telling me, like, and so I got out of the bar exam and wow. I turned on my phone and I had all of these messages from people that were like, wow. oh my God, I just heard about your dad. Oh my God, are you okay? And I had one from my brother saying- and you didn't know. No, and I had one from my brother saying like, hey, and he, at the time he was a camp counselor out on Marble Falls. And he was like, hey, um, so I'm here to pick you up. Dad was in an accident, call me. I'll tell you all, you know, like, and so I told him and, so my question like was like 
what about Kinsley? Because this is my dog. I mean, this is my dog is the reason why I probably made it through law school because I was always the like kid who got homesick at stay away camp and stuff. So really, mm -hmm. me moving out of state to go to law school, not knowing anyone, still kind of, I still kind of look back at it and I'm like, who the hell was that person? Absolutely. But it really was, I'm convinced it was only because I had Kinsley and like, I didn't feel so alone, you know? Yes. And so as silly as it is, like she is my little person. Um, and so I immediately was like, okay, dad, I mean, of course, like dad was in ICU and, or, I mean, they were, he was and in he, surgery they had him. and they had him. Yeah. I mean, he was in Got surgery and it. they didn't, you know, it was kind of touch and go there, but he, they, no one knew where Kinsley was. So, um, when he finally came out of surgery and, um, he, I mean, he was in the ICU for four days, but they ended up finding his dog right off the, so they went out like a bunch of people in Goliad because Goliad is a really small town mm -hmm. they went out and like picked up his belongings were all over the road and they called um went out and called for Vegas his dog and he came out of the bushes and then they were calling for my dog and no one could find my dog and at that point like when I got to the hospital I found out my mom was the one who told me that they didn't know where my dog was okay. and I literally collapsed and was you know a mess mm -hmm. um so they couldn't find her and they found Vegas, but she wasn't with him. And so uh, ultimately I ended up going back to Goliad to start looking for her and she was gone for six days um, on, on the highway between, um, what is that small little town? Basically though, it's a highway outside of Goliad that like it's only ranch. It's like ranches and oil fields. Mm -hmm. There's no one living out there. It's all just open ranch land. Like, and it, this was in August. This was August 1st, basically. So the middle of summer. Yeah. Like, Sweltering. So, yeah. So we like, we were out there, but what was incredible about that was I was posting on Facebook and the people like, the response I saw on Facebook, it totally restored my faith in humanity and in social media and the connection that you can make because mm -hmm. we had, I had people sharing my message like in Canada and they would tag somebody that they knew in Texas, wow. you know, and they would say, Hey, I don't know if this is near you, but here's this story, you know, and, and if you know, if you're near here, look for this dog. I had people that were calling like local shelters in the area trying wow. to find the dog like they had heard this they found out through social media about this story and they felt and for me it was also just so um like comforting because at the time i felt like such an asshole because i was like your dad lived and like he probably shouldn't have mm -hmm. and you are so fortunate and you have no reason to be upset mm -hmm. and like this is a miracle you should be so happy but at the same time i was like devastated you can't help how you feel i'm yeah. sorry you can't and but at the same time i and i felt so guilty about it though and so then for everyone else to like take it seriously and to be you know like to feel validated like that was such a huge thing for me but then really to see how many people cared and and i had people that like people would come out and search the highway like come out and look on their in their spare time try to come out and call for her i mean it was People wow. I'd never met. Yes. It was incredible. And I and I tell this story and it's not a super flattering story for me, but it's just it just shows it was Sunday and we had gotten um some signs like with her picture and we were offering a reward and so we were going to, you know, go put them out on the road and we saw this truck and there was this truck and it was, you know, big old red truck and I think it had like a rebel flag on the back and you know, I don't like <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean you know already like, nervous yeah and so like and so it like slowed and i and 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 it, because it's this weird just this empty road there's not it's not like it's highly trafficked road so mm -hmm. there's not to see a car on there's kind of weird but so we're just um and my boyfriend at the time was um from law school and he was come down from New York and so he's in his like little rented Yaris you know and like I mean <laughs> this is all country I yeah I mean it's so bad um and so he uh so we like so I whatever I see and not really paying attention and we see the truck and the truck stops like at this bridge and I noticed the truck stops at the bridge and I thought well I don't know maybe they're like going fishing or something and it wasn't really you know and so 
we go and we pass them and we're putting in a sign and then um, we keep going and and then they kind of come up and we're hammering in a sign and they're slowing down and they slow down and they look and they said, oh, you know, and then it's a guy and a wife beater, yeah. you know. And fitting I, that image. Again, fitting the image, I hate to say, it, it's like the people like those books that they say like, the people you see at Walmart, like, mm-hmm. which I love Walmart. I shop at Walmart, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and that's why I said it's not a super flattering story about me because I was like, kind of like, oh God. Yeah. You know? Um, and he's like, are y'all out here searching for the dog? And we were like, yeah, yeah. And he was like, yeah, we started back in Tivoli and we've been calling out its name and searching and we're just going to keep going until we get to goliad and that road is like that that stretch of highway is like 20 miles or something and he's like we thought we'd come out and this is on a sunday yeah they didn't even know it was my dog wow they didn't know me i didn't yeah. know them you know just like spending their time to come out and i was like oh okay well thank you and he's like well thank y'all for what you're doing you know and then to hear the little girl in the back seat was calling her name i just was like Oh my god and it was so humbling to me because i was also like you were judging these people and then like wow mm-hmm. like you know it mm-hmm. just it was a super humbling experience for me but it also just really showed the power that social media can have and for the sure. connections you can make and the good it can do yeah um and i feel like like I, and so that's why i try to use my platform a lot to speak about mental health and those are some of the best interactions i've had since i started my blog was when i talk about that and then i have people message me and say you know like i went through something similar or you know those kind of things and those are like the most those are the ones that mean the most to me and yes you know and you say like you're so like it's so impressive that i am so open that's Mm -hmm. when every time like it's always it's so rewarding that's when it's most rewarding i think is like when you get that's when you make the deepest connections you for know, sure when you are the most vulnerable and you're the most open yes and so and people are seeing you for your true authentic self so i don't want to do spoilers but yeah. i know just real quick yeah because you didn't tell anyone who was listening it, oh. whether or not they found her oh they did oh god yeah so they found her oh i can tell you that story too because it's yes. super dramatic i'm too, literally also. looking at her on her oh, lap yeah. right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> hi um yeah and if you follow me she's like all over my instagram and um I started so TikTok cute. and uh, started TikTok and all the sh- videos that she's in are always the ones that get a lot of views and are all super popular. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, <laughs> I mean, she is cute, but uh, no. So like, yeah. So I mean, we. So it was on the sixth day, and again, it's just some of these crazy things. Like, there was a woman who or a guy this is such a random story but this is also to me and again this is my boyfriend at the time was from boston Mm -hmm. he had been working in new york so he didn't really understand small towns he doesn't understand texas but i feel like also it's just such a great story to show like how texans are Mm -hmm. and how small towns are Mm -hmm. and just like the good because i think a lot of times they do get a bad rap for sure they get overshadowed by uh uh, you know stereotypes yeah. like yeah. a lot of and there is some I mean just like anything else do. like yeah, yeah there's good and there's bad but For like sure. but there is like it is truly a community and so it was like somebody so it was this, we're going into day five and we hadn't found her and you know pretty depressed and so we went to go to Victoria to go see a movie and I get out of the movie and I have a voicemail from somebody whose grandmother <laughs> had seen on Facebook that the local shelter had found her. And I was like, what? You know, and so I call the local shelter and I freak out. Well, it turns out like the grandmother actually wasn't a fluent English speaker mm-hmm. and mistook the local shelter's post saying, please find this missing dog. As we as, found her. Yeah, as we found her. So it was like kind of a false alarm. But then mm-hmm. when I talked to this woman, who ran the local shelter she's like well she's like i don't know if you're you know interested but i just i've had this feeling that your dog is under this house and i was like i have this feeling okay this is not the first person too that somebody else had told me that they just knew that kinsley was sitting on someone's a big fat lady's lap they just knew they could feel i mean whoa we had i mean there were some that you know, but I mean, it was like people got really invested in it. Yeah. And, but at wow. that point, I was like, any help will, t- I don't care. Yeah. I do not care. I will do what I, mean, I will I, do. Oh, that's what I mean. I I'm like, I, be- I believe like, in yeah. people with those abilities. Yeah, that's I do too. Amazing. I was like, I don't care. Whatever you say. And so she was saying, you know, I just have a feeling like that 
I just keep thinking that your dog is under this house and I haven't been to this house in over 10 years. And so, but I track down who owns it now. It's literally a hunting cabin. So they're not there full time. I track down who is the landowner now. I called them. I asked if I could go on to their land. And by that point, I'm like, oh, if you're this invested in it, well then, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of work. Yeah. No joke. Yeah, like if you believe in it, sure. She's like, I'm going to go out there tomorrow morning with some food and see if maybe I can coax her out if you want to come with me. And of course, like at that time, my Boston boyfriend is like, you know, what the, this is crazy. This woman is crazy, you know? And I'm like, look, okay, just calm down, okay? Like, who knows, you know? Yes, absolutely. And like at that point, like, I mean, we had actually also hired a woman who had a dog that was a search and rescue dog for dog, for pets. Oh, wow. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, we didn't either, but we had tried that. So it was like, we've tried the science. We've tried like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and, and on top of that, I think like there was kind of this, my dad was still recovering, but it was at that point he was aware and he felt super guilty. And so there was kind of like a, like, it's a Aww, little bit tight. I hate you know? that. I mean, yeah, I it sucks that. and it hate it. And, you know, and it's just like, oh, like it would just be, we really need to win right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Like we need to win. And so we were like, you know, and so I was just like, yeah, I'm going, whatever. I'll go. I don't care. Like, yeah. Maybe she's, who knows? Worst case scenario, we go out to some random house, right. and she's you know, not there. at seven in the morning and she's not there. Yeah. So that's what we do. Of course, we have, you know, hike half a mile um, with our snake boots on and everything. Cause of course, like it's a, it's a hunting cabin. So no yeah. one's been out there. The grass isn't mowed, all that. And like, so we go out there and so she has her food and she's calling and she's calling. And of course, Kinsley's not coming and she's looking underneath there and, and so, you know, of course, then Tim is like, I told you this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just give it a minute, okay? What else are we going to be doing? Like, mm-hmm. we're just going to be sitting at the house being sad. Mm-hmm. Like, just cool it. And, you know, and I'm like, and, like, this is also part of it. Like, she's trying. And this kind of just goes to back to my whole thing like we were talking about earlier. Like, show some grace. Like, she's trying. For sure. You know, like, um, and so I had really bad service because it was in the middle of nowhere. So then all of a sudden I randomly get a voicemail. And I check it, and it's this guy, and he says, um, I work, he was like, I work for this, I forget what oil company, but he was like, I work for such and such oil company, and I found your dog. Um, I saw the sign, and I, I'm a gauger for this oil field, and I came out here, and your dog is hiding underneath the cow, I saw your dog underneath the cattle guard when I went to open up the gate to come check the gauges. Wow. And so, um, you know, I'll, if you give me a call, I can tell you how to get here. And so, of course, then it's like, oh, my God. And, and it is like in the old commercial of like, do I have service? You know, lifting, trying to find the right spot, <laughs> holding my leg up, you know, holding my breath, trying to find enough bars of service to call this guy back. Like, um, and so finally get a hold of him. And he was like, yeah. And so he tells us, he describes, because again, no no address is out there. So he's just describing what the cattle guard that looks so like. That is so hard. That's yeah. so hard. Yeah. I mean, this is very rural. Yeah. Just very <laughs> describing, well, it's past the caliche pit. Yeah. And, you know, no, and like, I think this is But it. yeah, but if you get to the big tree that has the broken branch, you've gone too far, you know, and it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, just like, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and so we're like, okay. And he said, he said, I tried to get her to come out so I could keep her safe in the truck, but she snapped at me. And then I tried to give her, tried to coax her out with some beef jerky, but she wouldn't take it. No beef so, jerky? I know, which like, she's normally a fat dog. So <laughs> I like, knew she must really be in survival mode. And so he was like, but so I had to leave her there, but she was just there less than 10 minutes ago. So I'm sure she's still there. And I was like, okay, so, you know, we're like, booking it back to the Yaris and running whatever and we get back and then we get back and Tim's like I'm about to be out of gas oh no <gasps> go so we have to go back 14 15 miles back into Goliad get stupid gas this whole time I'm just like about Why? to break up with him because yes. I'm so mad like why did you think of this before you know whatever <laughs> so we go I also then get a bunch of pigs in a blanket and all this other stuff that I was like whatever maybe she'll eat it like mm-hmm. I later found out from the vet like oh it would have been real bad news if she had actually eaten all that because of she hadn't eaten whatever yes. and all that like but i didn't know yeah. so like we come back first we go to the wrong cattle guard she's not there by this point i'm just crying like well ah, you know we call the guy again and he's like well no he's like oh it doesn't have us because we went to the cattle guard that had a sign that 
you know, for all of us. Didn't have, <laughs> well, it doesn't have a sign. It's the black cattle guard, but it's not the one with the sign. It's the one without the sign. Whoa! I know. Oh, oh. Okay, so then we drive some more, you know, again in this little yard. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, for it! So we're going 40 miles an hour. Um, you know, and it's like, so we get, we pull up, and I hop out, and I run over there, and she's not underneath the cattle guard. And I'm like, oh my God, are we at the wrong one? And I look down and I see a piece of beef jerky. Okay, okay. And I'm like, oh my, and I just fell to my knees and I started bawling. And I was just like, she was here, this is the right one. She was here, this is the right one. You know, and I'm like calling to her. And Tim started walking up the, the Caliche Road on the ranch. And he was calling her and he's calling her. And I'm just sitting by the, being kind of useless, just crying and galling her and I'll never forget as long as I live he starts walking back to me and he it went from calling Kinsley 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 and I turn around and she's hobbling across the road and uh yeah and so we found her and so she uh she'd been she had tons of ticks all over her and she had um a bunch of fire ant bites I guess at some point she'd accidentally laid in fire ants but other than that like she didn't have any broken bones she was wow she somehow didn't get eaten by anything I know like it was really incredible it was the worst six days of my life but yeah so after that though and like and it's funny every now and then because I guess I'd even made it into the corpus news a little bit mm-hmm. so like it doesn't happen as frequently now there's been enough it's been five years now but especially when I first moved here they would kind of find out and they'd be like, wait, were you the one with the dog that was mm-hmm. in the accident? And I'd be like, yeah, mm-hmm. that, was, that was me. That was the dog. Yeah. But I mean, it really did have a happy ending. Yeah, it did. It had a really happy ending and she survived. And um, But it, it was like, it was just so cool to see how many people, you know, cared and came out. And so. No, that's huge. Uh, complete strangers. Yeah. I mean, people that are probably very different than you. And yeah. yet y'all have a common you know, what do you want to call it? Interest. Yeah, like, kind yeah, of and like people just having some empathy and understanding. And, and really it was like having, kind of coming out of law school and being a little bit, I probably jaded about some of what, I mean, this was also like right around the time when a lot of the revenge porn was going on mm-hmm. and that was becoming a big thing. And so we had learned all about that. And so it really was like, I had learned about how nasty people can be on the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just, just like, oh, God. And so then to see it, it really was just a huge, like, when I think back about just big turning points in my life, I think that was one because it really did give me faith to absolutely like have faith in the Internet again. And so I think that's part of why, like, I am, I try to be so open and authentic and try to really build communications with people online because, yeah, there are people that are going to be awful, but mm-hmm. there's also, like, a really, there's a lot of people who genuinely want to connect. They yeah. yeah, they yeah. really, really do and, and find you interesting and love what you're doing. Yeah. So what made you decide to go into blogging and to put everything out there on the internet? Um, yeah, so several things. Um And I'm eating all the snacks. No, she provided gosh, snacks. No. Um Thank you. No, gosh, of course. Um I'm just more worried about like having a bunch of crunching in the like, oh, This is casual. Oh. It's fine. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm surprised she I figured that's why she was hopping up in my lap actually usually she hops up in my lap and acts like she's doing it because she loves you but really she's just using you as a stepping stool to get to the food she seems like she's chilling she's not but even yeah. looking at the food yeah she's on her best behavior I guess I know you're a miracle dog yeah I love that story Thank- I'm so glad I asked you about <laughs> yeah. that because I, I don't know if I would have heard that story otherwise yeah yeah it's just um it's an incredible story um so yeah so we have her i mean i celebrate like the day i got her from the, sh- the shelter and then i kind of celebrate her like the day we found her mm-hmm. again that's big um yeah but which is also just so funny i still to this day like which i'll sometimes share it on social media she's like the worst hunter ever <laughs> like, it's so bad so it's really like fast i'm pretty sure she just survived off of cow poop hey like i mean she did what she had to do for sure obviously but I'm just like, there's no way she actually caught anything to eat it because <laughs> it's so bad. Or maybe she's like, those days are behind me. I don't yeah. need to do that anymore. I know. She is like an accidental or like an unintentional pacifist. Like, it's so bad. She's but, super calm. Yeah. But um, no, so I guess, how, how did it start? Uh, I mean, I, I've always, I think, 
I wouldn't say I've always liked fashion. I've always had kind of had creative interests and mm-hmm. um and that's not a side of the brain I get to use too often being an attorney. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I love that you're utilizing both. Yeah. And so I think that was it. And then it was several things. I didn't start developing I think a love of fashion and really until when I was in high school, um, I had an eating disorder. And so I had a, you know, a really bad relationship with clothes and my body and all of that. And so it wasn't until college that I really, truly recovered and started. Congratulations. Thank you. And started learning to accept my body. And I still have bad days. I still have bad body image days like anyone else. But I learned then like how much a, how transformative like a new dress you know or a dress can make you feel and how powerful that can be or like how a new pair of heels can make you feel and it's one of those things that everyone just kind of shrugs off as being superficial but Mm -hmm. like really it doesn't have to be expensive i mean one of my favorite dresses is from walmart Mm -hmm. um and thank you for saying that because there's a reason why the clothes i mean the beauty industry and clothes and everything is so prevalent it's because it really does affect how people feel about yeah, themselves absolutely and i think like you know and it doesn't have to be and i and i like as you know a feminist i kind of have issue with the whole like you always need to be the yeah the industry that is constantly making money off of telling us we're not good enough so right. it's a fine line to toe and i don't want to do that but i do think like there is whatever you feel good in, feeling good about yourself is really important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, an outfit can do that. And mm-hmm. I also just, I really took away, like, I know what it feels like to not feel good in your own skin. For sure. Um, and how, I mean, just how debilitating that can be. And so, um, so then when I like recovered and then I think it was kind of like I had an awakening and I finally got to like enjoy clothes for the you know for finally and got to actually have fun with clothes and they weren't just this constant you know like like a band-aid yeah they weren't they weren't just a taunt or whatever you Mm -hmm. know um and and then I really realized like I had a love and then the love I think somewhere along the way I started realizing that like I knew stuff and because I'm also just a big nerd and I research stuff all the time Mm -hmm. and so I would like research stuff about fashion like and I found it really like I wrote a paper um about the different like sartorial styles of women leaders and like how um different fashion choices have affected women leaders and different things like that and yes power dressing and just like for sure some of the that's just all that stuff is fascinating to me and so Mm -hmm. kind of um all of that and then stuff that i like i guess i i always just took for granted that everyone knew and i didn't didn't realize that like not everyone is such is just does all this research i guess kind of thing um and so it, it kind of actually happened with my mom. Like my mom would, I would tell her something. She'd be like, oh, I should, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like something just some like, well, mom, you probably shouldn't wear ruffles because you're, you know, you gave me your boobs and we both have bigger <laughs> boobs. And so like, unless you want us and, you know, make it look bigger up here. If you're going to wear ruffles on your top, that's going to make you look bigger. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. You don't, yeah, you don't want to, you know, yeah. like those kind of things. And I realized like, oh, I just thought everyone kind of knew that. And so like, those are things that are easy like I have knowledge why wouldn't I share this kind of thing absolutely um that was part of it but then also um I and then and I kind of joke about how like yeah fashion and mental health like don't really oh those go together like you know peanut butter and oysters like I mean but I think I mean it might go together more than you think yeah I mean I actually did find the other day I found one other I finally found one other influencer on Instagram and I literally that she is fashion and mental health and I messaged her and I was like oh my god yes (laughs) we started something um you speak my language but but because to me like fashion is so tied into mental health because of my eating disorder and all the mental health stuff I went through so like I can't untangle those two for me Mm mm-hmm but I know most people that's not how it is. And so I wanted to also be able to talk about that and to use 
to have a platform to be able to be more open about that. And before I started my blog, I had done some advocacy advocacy for um, you know sexual assault survivors and mental health. And so I wanted to be able to continue to do that, but kind of combine the two. And it's funny when you start a blog, they always tell you like, pick a niche and stick with it. Mm-hmm. And that was like the hardest thing for me because I was like, I don't know if it's the ADHD or what, but I was like, but I want to do crafting and I mm-hmm. want to do fashion. But I, I love that. I love like that. all over the place. So but. much because there's always like a tried and true method, but that doesn't mean that's the method you have to follow. That's true, yeah. Yeah, so... I I appreciate people who do something a little bit different or like, this is what works best for me. So this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I think um, that's why I said it's kind of like, you know, you come for the fashion and stay for all the mental health stuff, hopefully. You made a post pretty recently and um, I'm I, I'm talking about it because it was a post. Oh, yeah. But it was something, yeah. I mean, it was like a side by side where you were like, oh. this is what you yeah. in, are, are interpreting, right? And it was like, you see like this really put together, poised woman on the left. And then on the right, I mean, you were just like, actually this, 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 yeah, this. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like how brave is that to be your authentic self and to accept it and to put it out there I just think you're amazing for doing that. And so what was the inspiration behind it? Um, Well, May was Mental Health um, Awareness Month. And so I did it in that. um, And actually, there's another blogger that's a friend of mine. And she had done one. And so she was the one who inspired me to do it. Um, I had done some kind of similar, a little bit different, when it was the Eating Disorder Awareness Month. And kind of have shown where, like, there was a time, you know, when I would look at a picture and be like, oh, I can't stand that. And I hate that. And I hate this. And I hate that, you mm-hmm. know. And um, and I still do that some. I think, you know, we as women, unfortunately, do that a lot. But I think even men. Yeah, men too. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Actually, that's, that's you're right. That's not fair for me to say women. Um, well, no, not even that. But like, I think people don't even think about it. Yeah. But it, yeah. Yeah. And so there's definitely that. But it was kind of like... I when I started the blog I had been following fashion bloggers for a while and part of it was like I, I said I want I wanted to show the heels or you know the play on the hills and valleys like I'm glad the, you said that that was my next question yeah or the the name is because I love I also had a thing when I was um even when I was when my sizes were all over the place and I was going through recovery one thing I at least like count on was my shoe size always stayed the same. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of always had a fondness for shoes, mm-hmm. um, even though I am a size ten. Um, so it's hard for me to find shoes. Right on. <laughs> but and I actually like hate my feet because they're so huge. But um, so like I love shoes. I love heels, and so that was kind of. But it was a play on. I kind of was trying to show the hills and valleys of like talking yeah fun and fashion and inspirational things and all of that but then also like the other side of like the mental health stuff and the stuff that you know you don't see on Instagram all the time because it's so easy to compare yourself to this you know I idealized version of but like and that's why I've started posting both just like because even just down to like I have Photoshop or I have um the Adobe like Lightroom presets you mm-hmm. know and you can see the difference, like just changing lighting and stuff, how different that can make a photo. And so that's why I've now it's started amazing. where I, I post one by each other, you know, both mm-hmm. of them so that people can see like it's there's a lot that goes into it. So everything you see, you know, is not everything that's there. Yes. And so because I'm guilty of it, too, I'll, I'll look at other people's social media and I oh get FOMO. Oh, my gosh, me and, too. You know, and yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I what? That, yeah, that's incredible because I don't look like that. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I don't look like that. Like my vacation's not that awesome. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, my house doesn't look like that mm-hmm. or whatever. Like and it's just like, OK, well, um, yeah, if you only you knew, I mean, like you said, look, it's clean now because I cleaned it today, but <laughs> what you don't see it actually, I mean, I showed it on stories, I think earlier this week, but like to make that background, you know, we move all the crap out of the way in the living room and there's stuff all over, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's how it is most of the time. And I, and I know other bloggers that do that, but don't always show that part, but that's For what sure. it's like, oh, you just don't actually see there's a giant pile of clothes over there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's the kind of realism I appreciate because it's easy to get caught up in the facade. Not that I'm saying the facade is necessarily negative. I enjoy seeing the really perfectly curated feeds and the perfectly 
posed pictures. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I mean, yeah. it's, it, you know, and obviously you can choose who you follow, right? But, uh, you know, for you to reveal, I think that's huge for people that can get caught up in the fantasy, for lack of a better word. So as a mental health slash fashion blogger, yeah. <laughs> what or how do you think social media can potentially affect mental health? Oh, I mean, I think it is huge because it does have that that whole FOMO thing, for sure. Um, it's and I, and I I know that I'm definitely it can affect my mental health that way negatively. I know that I have to Same. disconnect sometimes, and I usually take weekends off just to kind of disconnect and and because I think that's really important um, because it is we just it is all a highlight reel and I know everyone says that and like and you but saying it and then knowing it yes. and believing it and like really it's still two different things like you can know it but that's different than feeling it um and so I think yeah but I also think though that you can find a lot of great communities and people on social media like sometimes I do kind of wish like I had I wish like I had some social media when I was in high school but nothing I mean we had MySpace and then like you know I mean, yeah, MySpace. I, okay, I will be thirty-five this year. Yeah. So Facebook came out when I was in college, and you had to have a college right. email to yeah. be on Facebook. I got Facebook my freshman year, or actually my senior year. I can't remember, but because I had already gotten in somewhere, and I think I got—I can't remember why—and I'd been at a camp where the other counselors were, I don't know, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> I just remember I felt super cool because I was a senior and I had Facebook, and not many people did. Mm-hmm. Which then I ended up not being that cool because no one else had it. So it's like, <laughs> just me and myself and Tom. Yeah. Um, you know, or whoever that one guy was. That's that right, had, Tom. Tom. Yeah, I that's was like, right. yeah. That's funny. Um, while I'll, anyway, while everyone throwback. else is still on MySpace with all their, like, graphics and, you know, top eight and all that stuff. Oh, like, my goodness. Yeah. No, never never ventured into MySpace. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, but I kind of wish sometimes, like, I, that, especially growing up in a small town, it would have been it would have been nice to have resources and have an opportunity to have a community. Mm -hmm. So like I was very, and this is part of why I speak out so openly about my mental health is because I was very fortunate that my parents stepped in and they got me treatment and they had the, the means to get me treatment and they had, you know, they were progressive enough and aware enough to know and to force me to do it even when I was a little brat and didn't want to go. And, and I know a lot of people don't have that. And so I feel like I was so, they saved my life. I was so fortunate to have that, that this is like the least I can do is now kind of pay it forward. And, but I would have, I mean, they would have to drive me to San Antonio and to Austin for therapy and for group sessions, mm-hmm. you know? And I can't, because there's, you know, in a small town, there's no, you can't go to, a recovery group in right. that town. There's no that. Like, right. we didn't even have AA or anything. Mm-hmm. And so, wow. yeah, so I think, like, in some ways, social media can be very, it can create communities that can bridge gaps. I think that, like, the actual physical distance, you know, has separated for a while in a way that's mm-hmm. really nice, in a way that's really good. And, I mean, and I actually now, like, I have a group of a few blogger friends, like, one of them is in California, and she's now probably one of my closest friends you know we've actually never met in person though which is kind of weird to but say but i believe in that yeah though. but like we talk i mean we text every day mm-hmm. and and so it is kind of that that's weird, a friendship yeah like yeah that's a friendship yeah i mean i kind of feel like the weird like pen pal kind of thing of like you know but i mean <laughs> but like we facetimed and and so i know she's like not catfishing me yeah but, like, <laughs> well that's uh, important know, yeah. that's important i know Don't i mean develop yeah, attachments yeah. until right yeah i mean so, but it is, it's a weird, you know, it's just kind of as a whole different, it's a, it's a crazy world we live in. So I think it, it has good and bad. It has the opportunities to create communities and, but then also definitely that comparison It's the comparison game that can kill you. Good Lord. Ain't that the truth? And it's just, I mean, like I said, even, I mean, I'm, you know, like I said, I'll be 35 in December and even still I can get caught up in that. It, it, I mean, mm-hmm. you really have to check yourself and something that you said earlier is that you, you know, you ended up recovering, you know, and really, you know, accepting your yourself for who it is and, and or you're accepting yourself for who you are and that, you know, the clothes were something to enhance that feeling rather than being a way to cover up or maybe do yeah. something for someone else. And that to me is important because 
whenever you have a healthy relationship with your body and just your person, then clothes just become an enhancement. Right. And, and I love that. And I love that you ended up celebrating that kind of liberation via the blog. And I, I mean, I want to be clear. I don't always have, I mean, I definitely have bad days too. And I think also, and that's something that I've advocated is I have certain dresses that I just know I look good in, they look good on me. And, and so when I have, am having a bad day where it's like, I know what I'm seeing in the mirror isn't what everyone else is seeing. Mm-hmm. I just have to have faith that like I can put on this dress and I'm not going to go out there and look like a whale. Mm-hmm. Even though my head is telling me I look like a whale. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what's, that's just my head. Yes. Being an asshole. So like I won't, you know, and I think that's also super important. Um, having, you know, clothes that you feel comfortable in and like knowing, I mean. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. Huge difference. Yeah, and I think you can express your personality, and I mean, there's just a lot. It's also been really, like, part of it, too, was my mom, um, who's, you know, one of my best friends, my hero, and she was not girly at all. And she, it wasn't until she was probably in her late 50s, uh, she's in her 60s now, she kind of slowly started to wear makeup and Mm -hmm. started to learn about fashion and doing that. And so it's been really, like, heartwarming and interesting watching her develop her own sense kind of of fashion and her own like fashion sense like you know taste and and identity through that and and starting to kind of care more and I mean and I think that's part of where in the beginning I probably am I probably still have a little bit of a complex of like, I feel like I immediately need to defend of like yeah it's a fashion blog but it's actually important Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I have a very strong feminist mother who is like, you're writing about what? Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Like, but you're such a good writer. Don't you want to write about more important things? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, but. Um, I mean, this is important. Yeah. And, and, and in her defense, she now like recognizes that. And she's my oh, biggest of supporter. Course, I mean, like, I, like as you, I'm pointing to all the bends that she like collected <laughs> bends like they were going out of style when she saw my I'm glad my you article. said that because yeah. you had the go-to wellness tips in the April mm-hmm. issue. I think that's incredible. Yeah. I was so honored. I was so happy to get to do that. And it's an amazing read. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I I mean, and I told them, and I, I had to end up doing a blog post because I was way too wordy mm-hmm. for, like, I could never be, I could never write for a magazine, I think. Because I always run into this, too, with, like, captions on, on Instagram and stuff. It's like, I'm, I don't do well with just concise yes. short writing. Yes, yes. Especially when I'm talking about feelings or, you know, all <laughs> the, my feels. Um, so it's, it's a... Uh, so I like really had to edit it down to try to fit on their their requirements and stuff. But um, yeah, it was it was I was really honored. It was cool. It is cool. And so I want to elaborate a little bit more on that. So what tips would you have for someone who's maybe maybe struggling with how they feel, you know, posting on social media, being authentic on social media, whether or not to follow a trend as opposed to being truly representative of themselves? I mean, I think. Like I remember, I remember a therapist told me once, and and it's weirdly true, and it stuck with me for a long time. Was like, perfection is boring, and like actually, if you think about it, none of us are perfect, so we can't relate to perfection. Mm-hmm. You can sort of aspire to perfection, but you can't actually make a connection, like through aspiration. You can make a connection through relation. Mm-hmm. And I love that, you know, and so really like if you want to connect with somebody, you're not going to do it by being perfect. Mm -hmm. And and as a say recovering perfectionist, like that's hard for me. Oh, wow. But like, you know, I mean, but it's. But I've learned and, and and I think you and once you do it a few times and then you get the positive reinforcement, I think that helps. Mm -hmm. But. And I am definitely not here. I still probably want people to like me a lot more than I should. I but same. I think, yeah, I think you get a, eventually. I think the goal is to get to a point where you can just be yourself, and then say, you know what? Like this is me. Take me or leave me as I am. And if you don't like me, then you're not my people. You're not my cup of tea, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And um, but I think the only way to get there is to kind of like baby steps, and you have to at least start sticking that toe you know in the water and start showing who you are because people can't 
get to know you and like you if you don't ever let them, you know? For sure. And so um, I think that's a huge part of it. I don't No, that was a perfect answer. No, that was the perfect answer. Are you kidding me? And I love that. And and I, I need to be reminded of it sometimes is that perfection, nobody is perfect and it's you can't relate to perfection. Yeah. I love that so much. And uh, I couldn't agree more because I'm like, yeah, I was definitely drawn to you and your posts because you're keeping it real all the time. Yeah. And that's not an easy thing to do. And I admire that so much in you. And I want to thank you so much for being a guest and for inviting me into your home, for feeding me, uh, for giving me a copy of the (laughs) April issue. I got a hard copy. I'm so excited right now. And uh, just for being you and doing your thing. And just please keep keep doing you and oh, i just appreciate over? I was you like, so oh, much oh man i can't believe it's over yeah i just went by so fast no I, yeah and people are always like i don't know if i'm gonna make time and i'm like well i'm not gonna force you to sit with me the whole time but you're gonna make it trust me yeah and here you are that's right yeah because i was like i don't know if i'm gonna have stuff to talk for i should have known i could talk to a wall like, <laughs> I, mean, I, can t- I can tell stories and you know yeah but but yeah well thanks for doing this i was so i'm so honored to be on absolutely i feel like this is such a rite of passage like oh thank you are you kidding me you deserve to be in this lineup i'm just like i don't even want to use my sticker i just want to like frame it and hey it's yours and i can give you another one if you need it So exciting thanks again lander well thanks for having me Brittany. this is fun